take a deep, long, slow breath in and exhale. And again, inhale and exhale. Finally, inhale and exhale. Welcome to the Mindful Music Pedagogy Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping music educators develop a balanced awareness of what we teach as well as who we teach. My name is Jessica Kebby, and if you like a direct, smart, kind, and sometimes humorous approach to music, education, and wellness, this is the place for you. Hi, MMP friends. This is your host, Jessica Kebby. Today's podcast is for the performing musicians out there or teachers who work with high-level performing students. I want to talk about tension. There are all kinds of tensions we face as performers. The emotional tension that's present when there's pressure to perform well, physical tension, which is both somewhat necessary and also somewhat unnecessary, and what's on my mind currently, the mental and emotional tension during the weeks leading up to a performance when you're working really hard to prepare and you have this mountain of music before you, none of which is is ready, some of which you're not even sure will ever be ready, and yet somehow you know it will happen. I'm wondering, how do you deal with the in the moment frustrations when you're practicing and you're on a deadline and you know you have to be at a certain point with a piece, but you're not. I'm curious to know what your strategies are. I'll share some of mine with you here. As a student, I used to get really overwhelmed when this happened and I I sort of ran around trying to put out all the tiny fires, jumping from piece to piece, working on sections um, that I knew that were really difficult, but not necessarily having a clear long-term focused plan for each piece. I just knew that juries or a recital or an audition or a competition loomed large somewhere in the semester and one way or the other, I had to do those. And most of the time it worked out, but I didn't feel like it was because I did something super intentional or that I had a clear process for making it happen other than working really hard, which I really, I did do. But as I've gained more experience professionally, I've definitely noticed a change for the better in my practice habits. Now I have three jobs, a family and a life, and all that has forced me to become incredibly efficient with practicing. In my undergrad and master's, I often practiced six to eight hours a day. And granted, I had to do a lot of catching up in terms of my musical repertoire, and I competed and performed performed a lot. So that wasn't necessarily wasted time, but still, it, that was a lot of practice time. And in my master's, uh, my teacher once asked me how much I was practicing, and I told him about six hours a day. And he, you know, tisked me and said, well, now, if you can't figure out how to get the same results in max four hours per day that that I was getting from six hours a day, uh, that I wasn't going to make it. And he was right. And now I'm playing more than I ever was in those years. And I am lucky if I get three hours a day. In fact, right now, three hours a day of uninterrupted practice time sounds like absolute luxury to me. Um, My practicing and my time management have become very streamlined and efficient. 
And yet there's still days when I, I put in all the time, I do all the right prioritizations. I have a good mindset going to the practice session and I still leave the practice day in a haze of, you know, I really don't feel like I'm making any progress. And I'm guessing some of you feel that way too. But those moments are when I'm really thankful that I have the track record that I do and the years of experience of day by day, methodically doing the work. I've put together hundreds of concerts, both solo and collaborative. And with each one, I get better and better at honing my practice techniques and my performing. Uh, So now, even when I have those days of hazy uncertainty, I can remind myself that I can trust the process because it has always worked when I've done it. If I put in the time and the correct effort every single day, that will not let me down. Now, some of you may be wondering what process I'm talking about. I can share with you my general ideas and then some specific things that I do that I believe have had the biggest impact on my efficiency in practice, and I will, but I do want to recognize that, first of all, we're all different people. We learn differently, so just because something here that I talk about worked for me doesn't mean it will work in the same way for someone else, but, and I I really do want to stress this, my process is an effective, efficient one. So if you find yourself or students struggling in this area, I would challenge you to give it a try. Try this approach without any cheating or variation. Start to finish for a piece and see if you get a different or or better results than you're getting now. The key is establishing a process and sticking with it from the very beginning of the learning a piece to the very end. And now for my caveat. <clears throat> what I'm going to share with you is by no means a comprehensive list for myself or for anyone. Um, so I welcome others to share what's worked for you over the years. And you can do that by emailing me or joining our Mindful Music Pedagogy Facebook group. And I'll give you that info at the end. Like I said, having an intentional process is the key. For me, that involves getting out my calendar, writing down the date of my first rehearsal, then walking back three or four weeks and marking that date as my goal to be 100% finished, polished, done learning. Then from that date, I continue to work backwards piece by piece. And I mean, repertoire piece by repertoire piece, marking out dates when I'll have, you know, a whole movement complete or um, a whole piece and then walk back and mark specific pages or measure numbers that will get learned or polished each day. So if I know I have a concert coming up in April, chances are I will have in my calendar starting back in January, every single day that I've set aside to practice that music, I will have in my calendar written down for every piece, measures such and such, drill, movement to, play through. I'll have every single movement and every single piece written out with specific sets of instructions. One thing that I do want to point out, though, for me, is that when I'm talking about learning and polishing, those are two different, completely different types of practicing in my mind. Learning, for me, involves listening to the piece, working out fingering, writing it down, establishing the current tempo that the movement or piece is at, but also the final tempo, targeting sections that are particularly difficult that I need to work on in daily practice, just all of that nitty-gritty stuff. But polishing is more like drilling. 
So once all that learning has happened, then I'll take a specific passage or movement and set a goal for it. And I won't leave that section or passage until I have played it at least three times in a row without a single mistake, mainly listening for perfection in whatever goal I may have set for that specific day. It might be getting it up to tempo, um, really paying attention to the dynamics, the phrasing, the balance, note accuracy, flow, memorization, usually a combination of many of those things. But the point here though, is that with either ways, uh, we either of these ways of practicing, the point is that before I touch the keys that day, I have an intention and that gives me the ability to evaluate my practicing. Did I achieve my goal or not? If the answer for that piece is yes, then I move on. If the answer is no, then I work the problem until I actually solve it. I never leave a day's work unfinished. So after I've mapped out all the movements and pieces for a concert on my calendar, what that ends up looking like is that each day, like I said, I've listed each movement or piece along with that page number or measure number that has to be completed. Once I've made a plan to learn all of the rep, then I create a plan for polishing it And then finally, another plan for maintaining that. And I'll talk about that later when I'm talking about my rotation. One thing that I've learned over the years is is it's important to build in buffer days. Often with my schedule, the turnaround time from getting the music to performing it is publicly is really quick. So maybe I'll get the music for a concert, you know, four to six weeks beforehand, six if I'm lucky. And so I really have to be strategic to learn and polish everything But on concerts that I'm in charge of scheduling for myself, of course, I have the luxury to book my dates in advance and I know when they're going to happen and I can order the music and and have more time to work on those things. Either way, I have learned that with three jobs and two kids, life is going to happen. Someone's going to get sick, usually on the worst possible day. The car is going to break down. My husband may have to leave town. Uh, Family or work emergencies arise and... I don't know about you, but most of the time I feel like one of the most time-consuming things I do is manage family logistics. Nothing is simple. In order for me to show up somewhere, even if that's just to teach or rehearse, that I'm dependent on at least three other people's availability. One, my, my oldest school schedule, my youngest babysitter schedule, and my husband's work schedule. So it's really not even possible for me just to show up somewhere without a a fair amount of planning. (laughs) And then if any of one of those three people need to change their schedule, that that requires me to change mine alone if I'm lucky. But usually that means I have to change mine plus at least one other or both kids schedules as well. So it's complicated and um, I'm sure you can relate to that. But anyhow, life happens. And so as beautiful as my practice schedule always looks on paper at the beginning, it's extremely rare that even a week of that plays out the way it's planned. So I used to schedule serious practice workloads for all seven days a week. And then I kept getting behind and then ended up having to practice way past my fatigued brain's ability, which we all know is usually pointless. Or I'd get so far behind that I'd get overwhelmed and discouraged and want to give up. And of course, then I'm not giving uh, my best effort and I'm not being the most productive in my practicing. 
But several years ago, I started building in buffer days, and now I never schedule seven days of new practice work for myself anymore. I make it all happen, the same amount of work, I make it all happen in five or six days a week, depending on what's going on that week. And then I have at least one day that's either going to be a catch-up day, a review day, if I did get all my work done, or even just a day off if that's what my brain needs. So that has been a huge mind saver for me. Psychologically, it has relieved a lot of pressure and tension, uh, which of course then results in less physical tension and stress. Another huge thing that I've learned over the years is that every day, no matter what, without fail, 100% of the time, I always, always, always start my practice sessions with the new material. I never start my practice sessions with reviewing material unless I know that I have all day to set aside for practicing. And to be honest, I can't even remember the last time that that happened, but I know it's been at least eight years. You know how if you start with the reviewing, you know how this goes. One day, you know, you might have a great practice session and you make a lot of progress. And the next day you decide to start with what you did the day before to make yourself feel better, to psych yourself up to practice the new stuff. And then as you start practicing what you learned so well the day before, you realize that there's been some deterioration and now there are things in that passage that you need to work on again. And so, so you do. And then before you know it, all of your practice time is gone and you never got any farther with your other pieces or, you know, it's going well and you get so engrossed with loving that review piece or passage that you lose track of time. And then you look up and don't have time to work on the rest of the music. So always, always start with the new stuff, no matter how hard it is. We often, I think, have a fear of new material. It's hard. We can't play it fluently yet. And so that's a little discouraging. And it's tempting to want to start our practice sessions with music we know and love and feel good about. Um, And honestly, if you can do that and keep all of your time management under control and still have time to learn on all your new music, that's great. Um, I sometimes when I you know, I sit, I look at my schedule and I realize, well, I have to practice now, but my mind isn't necessarily, I know it's not in the most productive zone. Sometimes I will sit down and just play some technique, um, just to kind of remind myself that the piano and I are still friends that day. And then even just doing five, 10 minutes of that usually helps me kind of sink into my, the mindset that I want. And then I start tackling the new stuff. But in general, it's not usually a viable option for me to sit down and start with the review uh, because, you know, oftentimes I'm I'm juggling learning uh, at least two full, completely different programs with all different rep at the same time and then juggling my regular weekly performance obligations. And I just and I'm doing that on, you know, a couple hours a day max of practice time. So for one, it's that's really limited my time's really limited, limited. Secondly, my brain power and the effectiveness of that is limited as well. So if I leave all the hard work of learning the new material or drilling and doing all that d- difficult stuff for the end of my practicing, I'm too tired to do it well. So again, I always, always, always start my practicing with the newest material, learning that section or that, those pages, drilling the most difficult passages. So a little earlier, I mentioned that uh, my final step in the process of preparation is maintaining my pieces through a system of rotation. Um, Often when you don't have a ton of time and you maybe have, you know, a couple different programs you're trying to juggle at the same time, especially when you're in the learning phase, it's not even possible to run the full program every day 
and set aside time to do the learning and the practice and the drilling and the polishing work. So once all the learning and polishing is out of the way, I do make sure that I, I run the full program at least once a day, but um, then I'm not doing that time consuming nitty gritty drilling practice work. I'm just checking on, you know, on musicality, on memory or stamina, all of which I'm not trying to say is, is not as important as um, the technical, but along the way of learning the technical, technical um, components, I've also been working on the musical. So it's more of, of practicing the flow and fluency um, when I'm doing the, the full run through. If I have really limited time and more than one full program that I'm doing at a time, which is really common for collaborative artists, uh, then I have to be really strategic about how I'm going to maintain all the pieces Depending on where I'm at in the process, it would actually be really disastrous for me to spend all of that time carefully learning and polishing each piece, only to neglect the music for a few days and have to waste time of doing some of that work over again. So as soon as the movement or a piece is learned perfectly and polished, I move it immediately into a rotation schedule. So depending on the piece and its purpose in a program, solo or collaborative, I'll either keep it in the rotation daily or every other day at the beginning. In the days leading up to the program, everything's in the rotation every day. But in the weeks prior to that, or like I said, when I'm juggling multiple programs, I may have to only touch that piece every two or three days. In that case, I mark I mark it as a rotation piece in my calendar, and then I specify if it's going to be simply played through that day or if it's going to be practiced that day. Played through means I touch it only once and I leave it, warts and all. Usually when I do this, I'll either play it with, through with the score, intentionally studying it to remind myself of some things I want to do or hear, and I, always, I often use the metronome. Sometimes I'll play it through as though I'm performing it. So if it's by memory or with the score, but I, I won't play it with the metronome. I won't pause or correct anything if I make a mistake. If it's slated to be practiced um, in the rotation, then that means that I probably won't play it all the way through. If I do, depending on its length, I might only do it. I would definitely only do it once, but I'll pull out sections that I know really need refreshing and only work on those for a few minutes. As the concert date approaches, my practicing switches more to maintenance mode than the learning and drilling mode, of course. But I've learned over the years that having a goal of being performance ready three to four weeks prior to the first rehearsal is key for the music to have time to season, to allow problems to arise, to allow time to fix them, and just to give myself peace of mind. And really, peace of mind is the key, because when I'm practicing in a panic, I get frustrated way more easily. And when I get frustrated, of course, my ability to be, be productive and creative shuts down. But when I approach the entire process, knowing that I've structured my learning process in such a way that I have time to let things unfold, I have time to learn, I have time to season, it makes all the difference. And that's the thing that I fall back on in those moments of panic that I was talking about at the beginning, those times that you leave the practice session and wonder, is this ever going to fall together at the right time? What I can look back on is, to, is, to, is that I have a process and that process works, and I can trust the process. Those moments of panic are going to come, even if you're the most incredibly well-prepared person in the world. But if you can combat 
that panic with the knowledge that you have a plan and you're carrying it out and that you've done it before and you know it works, that goes a long way to reducing tension mentally, physically, and emotionally. So hopefully on days when you're feeling discouraged and you're practicing or you've got a student that may be struggling in this area, this can be a bit of an, an encouragement to you. Just do the work every day and trust the process and don't give up. So drop me a line at jessica at mindfulmusicpedagogy.com or find Mindful Music Pedagogy on Facebook. And you can also join our Facebook Mindful Music Pedagogy group where we can engage in some conversations. Thanks so much. If you've found this podcast to be helpful, please let us and others know. And don't forget to subscribe so you stay up to date with our latest episodes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mindfulmusicped, on Twitter at mindfulmusicped, or you can contact us at mindfulmusicpedagogy.com where you can also find other helpful resources.